Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Stinger. On today's podcast, I'm actually flying solo today, no guests. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but I just watched the Black Widow movie in theaters this weekend. That was the most packed movie theater that I've been in in, I'd have to say, like two years now. It's crazy. Um, This is the first time that I have been to a true blockbuster movie on opening night since probably 2019, which is just fascinating. It's truly a wild time that we're back in movie theaters again. And honestly, Black Widow was a great movie to experience the theater at its full capacity again with. So I would highly recommend going and watching this movie in theaters when you get the chance. If you haven't seen this movie yet, then turn this podcast episode off and go watch the movie in theaters. Or if you would like to and you're not ready to get back in the theaters, it's also available on Disney Plus for premier access. So go check it out. It's a it's a really enjoyable movie. And I'm going to break down what I thought from this movie, what I liked, what I didn't like, um, kind of go over some of the themes and some of the other connections that this movie is going to have to the greater MCU. And stay tuned. In a week from now, we will have seen the Loki season finale. I'm going to have some of the stinger guys that you're used to hearing on this show, on the podcast to discuss the show in all of its entirety with me as well as the finale. So be on the lookout for that episode as well. And without further ado, I'm going to get into my review of Black Widow. All right, so let's talk about the Black Widow movie. As we know, this is a character that if you're a Marvel fan and you've seen a lot of these movies that you're you're pretty familiar with. We know Natasha Romanoff as Black Widow from several Marvel movies before, whether, you know, she makes her first appearance in Iron Man 2 and becomes a beloved member of the Avengers family, uh having a really important role throughout most of the movies. You know, she's there as a supporting character in basically every movie that she has been a part of um and has been an extremely important supporting character in all those movies too i i think that that can't get downplayed that um natasha romanoff's character arc while it was definitely underserved and throughout her time in the mcu um by the time we get to avengers endgame i would i would say I would say that her character is an integral, integral part of just the MCU as a whole. She finds a family in the Avengers. And if it's not, if it's not for Natasha, I mean, we, you know, the, the world isn't saved in Avengers Endgame. Obviously, she uh, sacrifices herself on Vormir to get the Soul Stone, which allows the rest of the Avengers to unsnap everybody that was vanished. Um but I, you know, we had always heard a lot about her backstory through conversations in some of the other movies. You know, we had heard about her adventures in Budapest with Clint Barton, Hawkeye, and, you know, it's first mentioned in the first Avengers movie. And then they kind of, you know, there's banter about it in some of the other movies in Avengers Endgame. They're flying into space, and and one of them says that it's been a long time since Budapest. You know, we're, we're, we're told through dialogue of other characters that there's a lot of red 
in her ledger in Avengers, the first Avengers to be specific, as she's talking with Loki, Loki mentions Drakoff's daughter as being this mysterious element to the red in her ledger of this dark secret of Natasha Romanoff's past that for for years now we haven't known what exactly he's referring to. Well, we learn exactly what he's talking about in this movie, and we also get some background and some flashback sequences to Natasha's time in Budapest on the mission that she was on with Hawkeye, Clint Barton, uh, that they mentioned a lot in the previous movies. We don't get much, and we don't see Hawkeye himself, but we do get some glimpses at that mission. So this movie takes place after the events of Captain America Civil War, the Sokovia Accords are in effect and Natasha had decided to side with Captain America and the other heroes that were on his side of that civil war. And at the end of that movie, all of those heroes that sided with Captain America are essentially like war fugitives on the run. And so that's where we pick up with Natasha. She is on the run after the events of Captain America's civil war. The Avengers have quote unquote broken up and She's in need of, I feel like, I feel like Vin Diesel with the amount of times I'm saying family already in this podcast, but she's in need of a family. She is in need of shelter and a place to hide away from Thunderbolt Ross and some other government officials that are after her to bring her in to be arrested. Let's talk about real quick before we dive into the movie. I obviously I just gave a little plot synopsis, but let's talk about how this movie did critically and financially. So the audience score is actually a lot higher for this movie on Rotten Tomatoes than the critic score. The critic score is coming in at a crisp 80% on that tomato meter, while the audience score has this movie at 92%. So these are actually this is actually a pretty wide gap between the critic and audience score uh, for a Marvel movie. And usually you'll see on these movies the audience score because Marvel fans, you know, we're, we're kind of biased. I'm not going to lie. Um, you'll see that audience score be a little bit higher a lot of the time. So it seems to be there's a, there's a pretty big discrepancy between the fans and the critics so far in the reviews of this movie. Now, whatever you think about the movie critically, one thing you can't dispute is that the Marvel movies always not maybe not always but 90 percent of the time are going to hit home runs in the box office black widow has already set the record of most the most earnings of any film released in the wake of the covid epidemic this is coming from cnbc.com that black widow garnered 80 million dollars at the box office domestically here in the united states that's more than what um the Fast and Furious F9 movie was able to garner $70 million over its three-day launch earlier this month. They also apparently earned $60 million globally just from Disney Plus Premier Access. Now, who knows what that number actually means. I have personally never seen the streaming services... I guess because not many of them are doing this Premier Access like Disney Plus is doing... I have never seen the streaming service release the numbers for how much the movie earned from pay-per-view 
uh, sales from pay-per-view sales. So I think this is a first in that, you know, I, I've seen this number reported as well. But I mean, you just put those two together and that's $140 million already plus $78 million internationally in the box office. So very, very good weekend for Black Widow from a financial standpoint. Okay, so I've obviously been over what the critics and fans thought, what the movie did at the box office. Now it's time to get into my thoughts and my review. Overall, I would say that I very much enjoyed this movie. It was the quintessential summer blockbuster movie with lots of action and, you know, big, there's definitely a big budget on this movie. And so it's a movie that could pack the theaters. And I feel like that was made for theaters because, you know, you want to have your bucket of popcorn. You want to go in knowing you're going to have a, you're going to have a really good time. This movie has some darker and deeper themes layered throughout this movie. Absolutely. However, that's not the main focus. I mean, the main focus of this movie is giving Black Widow and Natasha Romanoff her time in the spotlight, as well as filling seats in the theaters, making money, and ultimately setting up more projects in the MCU. Every every Marvel movie, every Marvel show is going to have some kind of connection that's going to set up a future movie or show. That's just the blueprint at this point. To me, the best part of this movie was Florence Pugh and David Harbour. So Florence Pugh is playing Natasha's sister, Yelena. And David Harbour is playing their father, Alexei, a.k.a. the Red Guardian, the only Russian man that was given the super soldier serum. So he's basically Russia's, or at that point, the Soviet Union's Captain America, which was just hilarious. I mean, they... They played his character primarily for jokes the entire movie, but David Harbour was just incredible at at being the source of humor in the, or one of the sources of humor in this movie. And I'm not going to lie, like my man looked good in the red suit. I want to see him in a future Marvel movie or show at some point uh because he's got an ego that is through the roof and i'm sorry but my guy looks out of shape it's just a conundrum and he's hilarious to watch anyway he was great florence Pugh, though is the absolute star of this movie and we and like you know if you've seen any of her other work you know she's a very talented actress um but i just really liked her character a lot she was very real very personable and you get to know her through the relationship between her and Natasha, which is a very fractured relationship. Um, you get to see some some hurt in, in her own life from Natasha because we learned that they were both given up as little girls to the Red Room, which is the villain of this movie. The The Red Room, for, for those who don't know, is basically this like criminal Russian organization um and they talk about this in some of the previous marvel movies dealing with natasha's backstory but essentially they have robbed little girls from their families and essentially brainwashed them and trained them to be these super soldier assassins um and deployed them all over the world and they have essentially lost their own free will and the science that is behind them losing their free will that is brainwashing them was actually created by natasha's mother that we learn 
in this movie, not her actual mother, but her adopted mother, was the one who created the technology and science to be able to rob these girls of their free will. So it's just like you learned that this family is completely messed up. Um, and there's a lot of trauma and hurt that's happened in Natasha's family. And Yelena, Florence Pugh's character especially, not only was you know she brainwashed and kidnapped and sold into this Red Room organization, but also... Natasha broke free. Natasha broke free from the brainwashing. She became her own person, joined the Avengers, and she never really checked in to see if Yelena had actually truly escaped. She also never really checked. She she was under the impression that she took down the Red Room and killed its um, founder, Drakeoff, who we will talk about later. But she never really verified, she didn't find the body, didn't verify that that kill had actually happened. And so not only is Yelena carrying this hurt from Natasha never checking in, but she's also had to live in the horror of being a widow under the control of Drakoff in the Red Room while Natasha was off fighting for the Avengers, just hoping that Yelena had escaped. And so I think that, you know, we get to see this relationship uh, enter into our lives at this fractured state and by the end of the movie they make up and it's great um but i just thought florence Pugh did a great job of portraying this character uh carrying the baggage that you know a character that has gone through this would likely carry but also injecting humor into the movie all throughout the movie as well and i i just she she did a great job of balancing the two i thought the first two acts of this movie were the best parts of this movie it was a very much felt like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, the second Captain America movie, where we know that there is this bad, this this villainous agency in the Red Room, and Captain America, the Winter Soldier, we found out that it was Hydra, but, you know, it didn't get revealed that it was Hydra until much, much later in the movie. It was a little bit of a slow burn mystery as to figure out who the true villain of that movie was. In this movie, we knew who the villain was, but we were doing a lot of connecting the dots as to how they became what they became the whole movie. And, you know, in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, it's Steve Rogers and Natasha that are on the run and bonding closer together while they're on the run, um, which is an element of a spy thriller movie that I, I really enjoy getting to watch that. And in this movie, it's Natasha and her sister reconnecting and bonding and and strengthening their relationship while they are on the run and trying to take down this criminal organization. And, and so the first two acts of this movie, in my opinion, captured that kind of vibe the best. And I was really, really enjoying it. I mean, they, they really did a good job with that part and that section of the movie. Um, again, Natasha and Yelena, and I will also say Alexi, the father, played by David Harbour. The relationships between the three of those characters in particular, I found the most compelling. Because the other part of it that we learned is that Alexi and then and his wife, I'm drawing a blank on what that character's name was now. The two people that parented Natasha and Yelena were essentially just on a a mission for the red room for three years in ohio and that's how they become the parents of these children that were adopted into their family um and alexi just wanted them to become these super assassins that they became and he thought that that was like being a successful parent and then that has to get flipped on his head for him 
to realize that it was never really all about that 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 he failed as a parent in that way and and I you you see a there's a really good moment between him and Yelena when when the family all comes together later in the movie um they bond over a certain song that they shared together American Pie I mean just just a just a great just a great moment in the movie um last things I'll I'll say of things that I liked about this movie is that it was a great movie theater experience like I've already said and the action sequences were fantastic I mean top notch in terms of marvel action i i i honestly think that marvel's action is best when it's grounded um it sometimes the the cgi and just over the top animation that has to get drilled into some of these movies that aren't as grounded uh it can get over the top and look a little corny and almost take you out of the moment whereas when a movie is grounded like we saw in black widow or like we saw earlier this year in falcon and the winter soldier um and you're able to to follow actual people fighting in action sequences not super powered beings all the time I'm, I'm not gonna lie those action sequences usually look better when when it's just the humans fighting each other and so you got that similar element here in this movie and they were able to do some pretty cool things other than just fighting in the action sequences like car chases and that crazy scene in the you know in the third act where they're falling through the sky you've probably seen it in the trailers but you know they're falling through the air from the red room building that's floating in the air um and they're fighting each other on the way crashing down from from that explosion i thought that was a really cool sequence a lot of the action sequences were very well done in my opinion now on to what i didn't like as much about this movie and i'm not gonna harp on these too much some of these honestly they could be nitpicky and i accept that but there were some things that didn't work for me in this movie in my opinion the villain didn't really work although the red room as an organization is horrific and drakov the the person who is in charge of the red room just really sucks as well right like you it's easy to hate him and i and i think that is uh that's accomplishing a good villain when the audience truly despises them yeah you've done a good job and in in that regard but you know that's not all and all that hard to do i i just felt like so much of the what we got for the villain's backstory was told through the the stories of other people and they were almost more to give backstory for the plot than they were really to build up any of the characters that were these villains you know drakov is essentially just he's just a face for this red room organization and then taskmaster who is you know kind of the the villain that you put on the poster and in all the action figure sets um there's really not much backstory there either i we learn that you know as, as part of natasha's backstory as part of her past as i mentioned earlier in the episode we learned that natasha thought was under the assumption that she took down the red room organization that was actually her mission with clint barton in budapest that is mentioned so frequently in some of the other marvel movies so that mission she thought she was taking down drakoff and the entire red room organization well during that mission the way that she found out where where drakoff was located was by following her daughter and and they they spy on her i don't know 
Drake Hall's probably five-year-old, six-year-old daughter and, and find where she meets her father in the building that he works at. Um, and then when they locate where he and his daughter are at in this building, they bomb the building. And so that is the red in Natasha's ledger. That is the dark, dark secret that she's been holding on to throughout all of the Marvel movies all these years that we never knew as an audience. And once we get to the final act of the movie, it is revealed that Taskmaster, this super soldier assassin, I feel like I keep using the same words for all, but that he's a the, the Taskmaster is a trained assassin that has basically studied all of the Avengers fighting styles and been able to mimic all of them and can do the same to anyone that they then fight in the line of action. So so we're given this uh, piece of information about the Taskmaster, what they are able to do. They're able to mimic anyone's fighting style, right? And then by the time the third act rolls around, we find out that the Taskmaster, after all these years, it was Drakov's daughter. Drakov's daughter survived the bomb explosion, and Drakov used the same mind control technology and science that's used to control all of the black widows or i don't think they're all called black widows but all of the widows to control his own daughter to be this taskmaster uh vigilante and so while that in itself is a very you know it almost it almost is more dark and compelling to natasha's character than it is to drakov and her and his daughter and the Red Room organization as a villain themselves. I, I, in my opinion, they they packed in all of the backstory to the villain in the final act in the movie. And by that point, you know, we just weren't connected to the villain that much. In my opinion, the final act of the movie is where it started to fall apart for me, anyways. Um, again, great action sequence, but there just had to be there, there was too much explaining that had to be done once we got to the final act that the stakes didn't feel that big and i didn't feel that connected to the characters that we were supposed to you know really dis dislike you know what i mean like i i i felt for drakov's daughter that she was under the spell essentially and also extremely scarred and damaged from this explosion and that was really sad but she had no free will of her own and um and for Drakov himself, he just, again, he's the face of this horrible organization. So I, I felt like the final act, it started to detract from what I really liked in the relationships between Natasha and her family. And it started to pour more into this villain that just wasn't really built up and I couldn't really relate to that well. And, and because none of this backstory had ever been explored in natasha's character to a serious extent in any of the previous marvel movies so much had so much explaining had to be done in this movie to catch the audience up as to what you know the the villain was and and what was truly going on in this movie. you know my my last i guess negative for this movie would be that this movie should have been made 10 years ago look the Natasha Romanoff and the Black Widow character is a staple of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can't tell the story of the MCU without her. And it's a shame that they didn't make a movie for her 10 years ago when her role was more prominent and you didn't have to tell a prequel story because she has already died in the official Marvel timeline. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. And I just think 
when I when I look back on this movie, I would have loved to see a Black Widow sequel and been able to spend more time with the supporting characters and been able to delve deeper into the Black Widow side of the universe, get to, to get to spend more time building up a villain like like Drakov or something like that. But unfortunately, we don't have that time now because the characters already passed away and you had to tell the story by doing a prequel. I just felt like there is a lot of missed potential here for Marvel and you know a lot of it has to go with gender stereotypes and and movies and Hollywood in general because we haven't seen a lot of uh female lead roles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe up until the last few years or so which is great that they're making these movies now but for this character specifically uh it we would have gotten a more high quality product I think if if they had started giving Black Widow standalone movies earlier in the MCU timeline. Some themes for this for this movie. Yeah, let's talk about some of the thematic elements. I mean, again, th- this movie, it analyzes a family that has gone through a lot together. And they all have done, maybe other than Yelena, uh, she, she seems to be the only one that, you know, was truly mind-controlled by by Drakoff in the Red Room like for most of the time and hasn't done hasn't had a lot of time in her life to have free will and her own agency you know the rest of this family has all done dark things and evil things um of their own accord and I think a lot of this movie is trying to wrestle with uh, am I defined by the things that I've done in my past and how do I right those wrongs or, you know, how do I how do I grow as a person despite the things that I've done in my past? You know, it, whether it's whether it's Alexi and his wife for adopting these children and giving them to this horrible agency. And, the, and then the wife actually creating the very thing or helping create the very thing that led to her own adopted daughters being mind controlled, essentially. Right. Like, like, how do you wrestle with that? How? How do you overcome that dark past? And for Natasha, it was it was the incident with Drakov's daughter. Like how, and as as well, I'm not, let me not forget, kind of abandoning her sister as well. How do I live past these things that I feel extreme guilt over and grow and become better? And I think this movie analyzes what what it takes to forgive, uh, which is pretty cool because by the end of the movie, Yelena is able to forgive Natasha for leaving her behind. And um, unfortunately, we don't get to see that sisterhood and relationship blossom any further because Natasha has passed away in the Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline. Um, But it was nice that we got to see a resolution and a conclusion by the end of this movie. Um, That allows there to be forgiveness and allows, allows kind of the the closing chapter for this character for Natasha Romanoff be that she's not defined by her past and that, you know, not only did she gain a family in the Avengers, she gained one in her family that had been separated for many, many years. Uh, she's able to reconcile with, with her closest loved ones. And that's, that's a pretty powerful thing. Uh, you know, this movie also, Haley actually pointed this out to me and and that she picked up on these after we had seen the movie. And that's, you know, the whole Red Room Agency and the widows around the globe that are mind-controlled assassins. 
um, unfortunately kind of points, sheds a light on human trafficking in the world. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to spend a lot of time just talking about that. It's obviously a, a, a horrible thing, but, uh, this is, this is something that the director absolutely had in mind. And, and, and she, there's actually a quote of her saying, um, that she wanted to, she wanted to cast and they did cast a very diverse cast for the widows when you see them later in the movie to further highlight the fact that human trafficking is a global issue that girls are taken at a young age from all over the world um and used for other people's gain and and, and it's horrible and it's sickening and she wanted to highlight this issue in a way that wasn't direct um obviously but she's still able to get the point across and so i th this movie sheds a light into the the horrors of human trafficking which which i didn't pick up on myself the first watch through but definitely thinking about it um after hearing that and after reading about it can absolutely see um that that element is a big part of this movie absolutely and then lastly this movie writes wrongs that marvel movies in the past had committed so there's a line in avengers age of ultron um if you remember that movie there's a kind of budding romance between Natasha and Bruce Banner, aka the Hulk, um, where they're essentially at the at the farmhouse in the movie where they have escaped Ultron and and kind of regrouped as a unit as the Avengers. And Natasha's talking to Bruce, um, and she basically like is trying to make him feel better for being this person that can transform into the Hulk, this kind of monster being. Um, and she relates it to herself as being one of the widows that was taken and abducted and tested on and surgically removed things from her and uh you know all these things that have that were done against her will and she calls herself a monster because of it um and i read an article before recording this podcast from slate.com and it's written by uh an author sam adams and basically they say that this movie writes the wrong of that by showing that Natasha is not the monster that she claimed herself to be in Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, a quote from the article says, if she's a monster, it's because of what she did, not because of what was done to her. And they they very much clear those lines in this movie that this horrible organization, it, it, it shows that there are people similar to that in real life and that anyone affected by human trafficking, by these, by these criminal organizations, they are not monstrous broken people that these things have been done to them and it's a shame that they have been and in this movie i the 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 director the the some of the commentary around the movie has been to, to highlight that for correcting a wrong that had happened in an earlier marvel movie okay lastly what does this movie set up for the marvel cinematic universe going forward in the post credit scene, Yelena visits Natasha's tombstone in a Midwest region we have to assume would be Ohio, which is where the family uh, originally bonded and became a family uh, those three years that they lived in Ohio where Natasha and Yelena were adopted. Um, we learn uh, that this this scene is taking this post credit scene is taking place after the events of Avengers Endgame which means that Natasha has passed away and she visits her tombstone and there's a lot of flowers and other little decorations that people have left behind. And as Yelena is visiting and paying her respects to her, her late sister, 
a character that we just recently saw in Falcon in the Winter Soldier, Contessa Valentina. She shows up and couldn't care less for for Yelena taking her time to mourn and essentially throws her pitch to come join whatever Dark Avengers crew she's assembling. Um, and that the job is to hunt down Hawkeye. She says to Yelena, do you want to take down the man who's responsible for your sister's death? And I think what this is setting up is, I said Dark Avengers earlier, that is an actual group from the comics that I don't know a lot about. There's another group called the Thunderbolts. And I believe it could also be the Thunderbolts. Nonetheless, if you want to go do your research about Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers, go do it yourself. Absolutely, because I don't have all the answers for the comic book side of things. But I know that marvel is likely setting up a group of anti-heroes to be a, a a darker version of the avengers um where they're not necessarily the heroes saving the day but they may be taking care of business in the shadows with less appealing jobs than the avengers would take on themselves so far we know that u.s agent aka john walker that we saw in falcon in the winter soldier has already been recruited by valentina and now we know Yelena, that Yelena has been recruited herself. My prediction is that the next time we see Florence Pugh's Yelena character, it is going to be in a Disney Plus show that we expect to get later this year. And that's Hawkeye. Yes, we will see Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye as well as Haley Steinfeld playing a younger version of the character from the comics named Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series dropping later this year. And I think that's where we'll see Yelena next. And so get excited about that. I'm actually pumped. I mean, again, I said she was the best part of this movie. So please give us more Florence Pugh in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm here for it. It's going to be great. But those are my thoughts on Black Widow. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the movie as well. Maybe you liked it more than I did. Maybe you didn't like it as much as I did. I would love to hear your thoughts on this movie. So please feel free to comment on the post of this episode on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, message me on those platforms as well, giving me your, your own personal reviews of the movie. And don't forget to like and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to see some reviews and of the podcast start rolling through to hear what you think of the podcast as a whole. And we will be recording an episode on the finale of Loki here very soon, so stay tuned for that. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back soon.